Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Spoken Path Podcast. I'm your host, Ashton Joseph, also creatively known as AJ. I'm someone that's currently walking along my path of being a creative entrepreneur artist. And on this podcast, you'll get to know and meet many other creatives, entrepreneurs, social media influencers, or impactors, and get to know their journey and their path. Let's go ahead and meet today's guest. Welcome back, everyone. In this episode, I got a chance to speak with an actress by the name of Milan Perez. I actually went to high school with Milan, and it's been a joy to watch her blossom into her career. Milan is originally from Harlem, New York, and currently resides in Maryland. She's been on her path of being an actress for about six to seven years. Her latest film, Love.com, can be seen right now on Netflix. You can follow Milan on Instagram at Milan underscore Perez. That's at M-E-L-A-N underscore P-E-R-E-Z. Also, be sure to look out for her up-and-coming YouTube channel. Let's go ahead and get into this episode. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Spoken Path Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I have actress Milan Perez with me. Welcome, Milan. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get into our inspirational quote. For this one, I chose one from Oprah Winfrey, and the quote is, I believe that the only courage anybody ever needs is the courage to follow your own dream. You're an actress, so you followed your dreams, and you're on Netflix now, and we'll get into that with everybody. (laughs) How are you today? Oh, I'm great. I mean, as great as I can be uh, during the whole COVID-19 thing. Work has slowed up a bit. Um, I actually just got something for a virtual job, which was interesting. Yeah, everything else is kind of like halted, you know. Um, Unfortunately, in order to film, we need to be close to each other. And um, I'm kind of dealing with that, like all the other actors, and not just actors, but it's a whole team to make a movie. So that includes everybody who's doing sound and, you know, everybody has a job. So it's not just the actors who aren't um, able to work on the films, but it's everybody, even behind the scenes, going to editors. Um, So I think everybody's just on a little halt right now, but I have big, big hopes that everything will clear up. For sure. Absolutely. We need, we need, everybody's probably watched up everything on Netflix. So we need y'all out there some, at some point. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get into my first question. And the first one is, of course, how did you get started with um, acting? What sparked the idea to pursue being an actress? I just, I loved acting. For the, I would watch TV and I would just say the same lines that they were saying, or I would memorize the lines on the TV show and then go in the mirror and like act it out. Um, so I guess I've just, that was the question. I'm sorry, I forgot the question. Like how long have you, when did I get into acting? Oh, what got you started? What got you started? So how did you uh, get into like your first like big project? First big project? Uh, I think it starts with a little project. Um, And sometimes that you should never take them for granted because sometimes that little project will be on something much, a much bigger platform that you never thought would happen. So whenever you're um, coming to work, it's like you got to put in your A game. It doesn't matter how big the budget is, what the set looks like. It's like you always put out your A game because you just never know who's going to see it and for yourself, you know? Um, So I can only remember from when I, I guess, like first started my journey. And I started my journey by 
believe it or not, Craigslist. Um, <laughs> so I, like, I started, I was, I was going to Craigslist looking for jobs. Don't ever go to an audition by yourself, if, you know, for the first time, but um, if it's not like, you know, good location. Um, but yeah, so I started looking at Craigslist and then I looked at this other thing, which is still up to this day called Brian Dragunov. Um, it's an amazing website. Um, it's an amazing website and they, you kind of just like post where you would like to receive jobs from, like your tri-state area or whatever, and they will send you jobs according to what description you pop in. So I would use that, um, and that's a free source. Uh, so I always recommend it to other actors out there. And I actually started getting jobs with universities, and I found that that was actually the best thing that I could have run into, because a lot of times when we are doing these indie projects, you just don't know how much passion is behind the people who are behind the camera. So it's like, are you just waking up one day and saying, I'm a film creator, and this is like your first thing, or like, are you putting money into this? Are you putting time into your education and really wanting to be the best film creator ever? So those are the people I want to work with, and or those are the people I wanted to work with. So going into Howard and American University and all these different universities, I got to meet up with all of these people who will be the Spike Lee's, okay? So when I went to, right, so when I went to Howard University, that was actually like my best experience. It's a great way, especially if you can't pay for training, it's a great way to get some free training because not only are you, you know, getting able to like actually practice what it is that you want to do, but then you get to sit in on a classroom with the students who are the directors and the writers and things like that and the teacher who's teaching the director how to direct will work with you and give you some tips so it's a great way to have like it was a great way for me to have free classes at a time that I couldn't afford it so I kind of did that and then those people actually my first um television maybe not my first but I would say my first significant time on television was with Patrick Thomas and I met him at Howard University and um, he made a film called um, Cut My Hair Barber and it was a beautiful story about a little boy who um, thinks his father is, is passed away and ends up discovering that he's not and um, so it, it's a great film and Aspire TV ended up picking it up and I had no clue this was ever going to make it to Aspire TV like we was at Howard University, we was grinding, no one told me, okay, so that's where I always tell, and, and luckily, um, I take every performance I do to heart, and I do it the best that I can, uh, but when I found out I was going to Aspire TV, I just was like, over the moon, I was really, really excited, not only for myself, but for Patrick and everybody else. Oh, man, as you should, that's an awesome story. Well, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your journey so far? This is so crazy because like, I, I listen, y'all, I asked her, I was like, let me get a snippet of what you're going to ask me. And even though you like told me about this in advance, and I know you want to keep your interviews as organic as possible. And I appreciate that. And I love that so much. But I was like, give me a taste, sis, just a taste. And this is one of the questions that um, is really hard for me to answer. Really? I'm surprised by that. Well, um, I'm going to give you credit, sis. Um, I... I am DB Juice, and 15 credits popped up for you. Even like a uh, producer and assistant director credit popped up for you. So, like, you know, to put some respect on your name, sis. And then, like, you know, telling the viewers that you, you do have a film on Netflix right now. It's um, the love.com. 
the social experiment which i did watch and i actually enjoyed it it was a really cute like love story thank you that was great filming that actually there's a story behind that i was only supposed to be um i'm gonna answer that previous question by the way but um i there was like a little story behind uh that film i was actually only supposed to be a waitress in that film like my name was waitress and i was still sized i was like that's okay and at this time i had no idea um like how she was gonna flush it out studio situation because i was not the producing end i was just an actor we start filming and i come in like as the waitress and right before we go on uh the casting director there is there her name is thea washington she's amazing she casts a lot of stuff in the area and beyond um Actually, she's working on some stuff in Atlanta. But so she cast me in and she says, listen, um, you know, I really wanted to get you a bigger role, but I, what, she came in in the middle of another casting director or whatever the situation was, she wasn't able to do that for me. But I appreciate her for standing up for me uh, or for rooting for me, right? So I was like, oh, well, you know what? Thanks so much, but I just take what I can get. And she was like, all right, we're going to show them what you are, girl. And so she tells me about this waitress part. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe I should go for the girlfriend because um, Tobias dates a couple of women throughout the movie. So I'm like, maybe I should be one of them. And um, I liked it. Like, their part sounded good. And she was like, I think that this is a better fit for you. I think you'll be able to show, like, a little bit more of what you can do. So I was like, all right, I'll be the waitress. <laughs> so we get on set, and Tobias was great. Um, Bray Williams, she was the leading actress. She was amazing. She was so sweet. And so we're like running lines or whatever. And then we start filming, and she goes, okay, girl, this is it. No pressure, but get the shit right, okay? I, you got my name in your mouth. Like, it's like, okay, I got it, I got it. It was wonderful. So I walk out there, I did it, and she was like, they loved you. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah. And Tobias, he's like, you did a great job. I was like, oh, thank you. And then uh, I kind of thought that it was just like fluff though. I thought people were just trying to make me feel good. And then I get a call a couple of days later and it's from the director, Charlize, who was lovely. It was like a powerhouse of women um, for this film. It was wonderful. So I get a call from Kim, the producer. And she calls me and she's like, hey, you know, unfortunately we kind of had to uh, use that footage a little differently than we planned. So we wanted to know if you can come back and we shoot. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, I still have lines. And she was like, yeah, you're gonna have lines. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm thinking it's the same lines I had before. So I'm rolling through the week, right? And I'm like, you know what? Like something was telling me, like, let me just check the script like one more time. And I checked it. So she gave me like, um, she added pages to my line. She gave me a character's name, which was Melanie. Very close to my name. I thought that was hilarious. And I came and talked to her and I was like, man, you know, I really thought like, I thought I was going to have any lines anymore or something. And she was like, no, I thought you were so cute in the scene. I thought you were hilarious. And um, I just wanted to give you a little more. And I played the character's name off yours. And so I was just like really uh, blown away. And it was like such, um, it was very gratifying and like a reflection of the work that I had been doing. And just that like on set, every time you come, come with the money, yo. Even if you only got one line, how much water you want? Like, I mean, you just got to kick it. And, you know, next day you can have more lines. I mean, there's so many stories like that. Tyler Perry has a lot of stories like that with a lot of his leading actresses. So that was, like, such a great moment. And it was, like, such a reality. Like, these things can happen for you. So just, like, keep going and going. And and honestly, you know what's, like, the most enjoyable part of this career? Now, like, 
the most enjoyable part is that you're doing something that you truly love. And there is nothing more gratifying than that. Because it is like, I before I started acting, before I, before I became a starving artist, um, I was like, my bank account was slow. You know what I mean? Wasn't no complaints over here. I, the bills were all auto pay. I never knew when anything was coming out. But I was horribly depressed because it's like I wasn't doing what I truly wanted to do. And I thought, you know, I had a close person in my life who was an artist when I was growing up and I didn't know everything in and out of it. All I knew was that they were struggling and I didn't want that for myself. But little did I know that like when you suppress thing that you truly want to do, like that the higher power, that God, Allah, or however you would like to call it, that you're getting that intuition to do that. When you suppress that, like you are not living life. Who cares? How big your house is, like nobody cares if you're not happy inside of it. So I think the best part was just throughout this whole journey, I had to listen to myself. I had to listen to my gut. I had to really rely on it and learn how to trust myself. And I think that has been the best part of this process is just learning how to trust myself, my intuition, and my wisdom. Okay, that's very motivational. You talking to me too. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but you got the professional mic, though. That's what I'm saying this whole time. You got the professional mic. Ash, you're on it. You're already professional. Oh, hey, man. I'm, I'm working towards it. I'm working towards it. Um, So I'll go ahead into my next question. Um, What's the most difficult part of the journey been so far? I think the most difficult part of being an actor is all the no's that you get. You get a lot of no's, there's a lot of rejects, a lot of rejection in it. But what you have to do is you have to let that fuel you. Um, you have to A, know that like every time you're rejected, you have to say to yourself, this is a very real fact that you did not get, if you do not land the part, it's not because you're not a great actress. There are so many variables that come along with this job. There's like you were, it would be like a situation where you, I've actually been through this in casting, where it's like, oh my God, we would love for her to play the mother, but the child that we've already casted doesn't really line up with her. It lines up better with this person. So there's just a lot of variables. And I think it takes some time to understand that and to become aware of that. Um, Sometimes you feel like people only tell you that just to be nice to you, but the longer you're in the process, the more you realize that. And so there's just a lot of no's and you just have to let those fuel you. You have to let them become a part of your life experience so you can use them for your next character um, and just let those no's fuel you. Like, tell me no one more time. And every time you hear a no, it's just, it, it, sh- it should just fuel you. That's all. I think that's the hardest part is, is hearing all the no's and uh, defining what is successful and what is not successful. And I think a lot of actors are like, well, if I'm not on Netflix, I'm not successful. And that's actually not the truth. Um, being successful is studying your craft every day, is going out there and chasing it every day. That's being successful. Um, when you get to a point where you can actually see like your money climbing, that's successful. Uh, you know, when you can live off of what you do, that's successful. Like there's a lot of actors out here who, I think people have this notion that you have to be on TV. There's a lot of actors out here who aren't even interested on being on TV. They just want to do voiceovers or they want to make a living off of doing um, industrials. So industrials are like when you're working at Target and they have a video on how not to squeeze Jenny butt. Like that's an industrial, (laughs) like when it's like training videos and stuff like that. So um, 
you know, it's just lots of different avenues that you can go down. And I think being successful is being able to feed yourself and uh, support yourself and really, really uh, chase your dreams. Oh, man. Meanwhile, you are giving me, like, so much inspiration right now. Um, I will ask you this. <laughs> um, you are currently in Maryland in the DMV area. And um, the known acting places are, like, New York, L.A., and newly found Atlanta, of course. Um, so what is the Hollywood scene like out there? Or um, I guess a second follow-up question would be, do you ever see yourself moving to any of those three places? I do. Um, I think, I think eventually I will venture out to one of those places. I'm not really sure if it'll be New York, LA or Atlanta. I do have all of my family in New York. So that'd be really helpful with my son. Um, but right now I think I'm in a pretty good spot. I think that this is a great tri-state area. I just finished school. I went back to school for theater um and I finished that a couple of days ago so yay I'm so happy um that was a struggle doing that and working at the same time but um yeah I think that this is a great tri-state not well I guess I'm going to say tri-state that's the DMV so I don't think that we're too far from New York and a lot of agents as long as you can make it down in a timely manner they don't care where you're at it's just about like can you get here within a day or a reasonable time um and your agent and or your manager is they want you to get the job you know so they're going to be looking for stuff where you have you know an audition the next at least 24 hours later from you know the classics that i've attended and what casting directors have told me um just in person with ones I have relationships with or ones that um, I have classes with because I still take classes because if Denzel is still taking classes, then I'm still taking classes. Um, so yeah, that's what the casting directors tell me. They're like, you know, you're fine in Maryland, uh, just you know, make it here the next day or whatever. And that's not really a problem for me. There's like a million buses leading out, um, leading out. And now when we start talking about LA. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a flight, that's a flight flight. <laughs> That's a flight flight, and so is Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's only like what a two or three hour flight from Maryland. Um, more like an hour and a half or so when when I go back and visit, because I still have family out there as well. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty short flight. But yeah, I don't think I don't think you know grabbing work in Atlanta would be too bad. I would probably go out there pilot season um, to LA and and you know try out pilot season in LA and New York and kind of see like where I want to land. But right now, you know, I'm getting good work and when it becomes like overwhelming the projects that are coming from new york or the projects that are coming from la or life just goes another way and i make another decision then i'll go out there but as of now you know just as much as i do girl i don't know when i'm i don't know <laughs> i'm just letting life take me it's all good you're, you're accomplishing big things being out there so that's, that's awesome i will follow up by asking has anything surprised you um so far on your journey not too much. Um, you know, you hear the highly weird stories and I've experienced, I haven't experienced it myself, but I've seen it down the hall. Um, you know, you, you hear about those stories and um, I don't know, I, I guess nothing has really surprised me too much. Uh, you know, you're dealing with different personalities, just like you are in the nine to five world. Um, only I tend to think that you run into 
a little bit of percentage, a little bit higher of happy people just because they're doing what they like. But yeah, just, you know, nothing really surprised me. It hasn't been crazy. Um, I mean, it has and it hasn't. It hasn't been like crazy dangerous or anything like that. Like, you know, no like R. Kelly stories or anything. <laughs> but, um, Hey, we we don't want that. So you you covered your blessed. So we we keep it like that. It's, it's all good. Yeah, just keep a little white light around me. I'm absolutely sure you inspire people. Listening to you speak so far on these questions has been very inspiring as well. Um, who or what would you say inspires or motivates you? Oh my gosh! Um, first and foremost, my son. My son inspires me so much, especially with kids. It's not about what you say; it's about what you do. So I think like, you know, him just seeing me continuously take action. Um, I like him seeing that. And even like in their world, like YouTube is Hollywood. So I have like some things that I've done on uh, YouTube and he thinks it's like the coolest. And like, I'm sure like, you know, he'll get to a point where he's like, oh, that's what that was. Um, But right now to him, (laughs) right now to him, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, Or like my, you know, my journey like that he's seeing it and it lights him up and he thinks it's so cool and before netflix and all that other stuff happened um aspire t like he just he saw me on youtube where he saw me just auditioning and you know i would tell him like mommy can I have an audition i would tell him that what's something and kind of took him through the experience with me he's been to auditions with me and um so that was really that that's what else inspires me um people that i well you know what i just want to say this for all the artists out there I think it's really important to find somebody who's on your level and somebody to aspire to be like I think when you are working with people who are on your level um sometimes it can be hurtful when they become successful and you really are like you you're happy for them but you want it so bad too sometimes that can like overtake but if you just look at that in a way like to me it's inspiring because it's like wow that person was where I was yesterday like they were right with me in the trenches and now they're here. And that, that to me, because I'm so close to their journey and I was right there and you're not light years ahead of me, it becomes that more real to me that this can be possible for me. So um, I like to keep up with those people that I know personally and people that I've seen on TV just follow their journey and kind of like watch them climb up is really nice. Um, and then my superstar that inspires me is definitely Tarazi. I love her so much. Uh, I love her. I love her acting. She And she made it out the mud, too. Like, she has a very pretty inspiring story. She does. And that, you know, she's from, the, she's from D.C., you know. And so that was, you know, where me and Ash went to school together. Well, not in D.C., but in Maryland. Very close. Um, and, you know, just seeing somebody who was in my area where I grew up, seeing them make it, and they have such a similar story to mine. She had her son when she was pretty young, so did I. And that thing of you're too old to be doing it and getting into it now, like she just kept going and going. And her story is so much like mine that like sometimes, you know, I'm not a perfect individual, you know what I mean? Like I love to inspire people and give them like, you know, stuff to hold on to and keep running, but I need my inspiration too, you know? I get down sometimes too. And um, I listened to this one uh, speech that Taraji did and it's, I will be in the gutter. Like I will literally, I will be crying while I'm listening to her say the speech. And 
it would just make me feel better. Like I will be walking my dog, crying, listening to Taraji P. Henson's speech, like, yes, I can make it. Um, and in her speech, like the bulk of it was like, look, X, Y, and Z was against me. They told me I wasn't going to make it. And here I am. Her story, I think, is great to connect with someone who has like a really like similar story to you. That really helps you to understand that like this can be a reality. It can be your reality. You make your reality. Well, you've given pretty great advice so far throughout this podcast interview. And I would love to ask what advice you would give to the next person. Any tips or tricks? Yeah. So, ooh, I wish I didn't talk so much because I kind of gave some earlier, but it's okay. <laughs> so, um, all right. So the first thing I would do is now I know when you go online, a lot of these classes are going to cost money. Some of them can be very expensive. Um, but there's a lot of classes that are a hundred dollars and under, even like 60 bucks or something. And anytime you invest into a career um, as an entrepreneur, you are going to have to not just invest your time, but your money. So just be ready to spend money. Um, and, you know, if you don't, like when I started, I was a single mom, I didn't have a whole bunch of money, and I didn't really have the time to go to school. And so the first thing that I had access to was a book, and it's called The Power of the Actor. I actually have the camera sitting on it right now. <laughs> it's uh, by Ivana Chabuck, and it's called The Power of Acting, and it literally changed um my performances like drastically and it's not like I sat in class with this woman reading was just enough of what I needed um so that's a great book to start um and you know taking a class that's you know 60 to 100 bucks um just to get an idea this is something that you truly love um because I think you know you can have a natural talent for it that's one thing but you got to have the guts uh to go out there and chase it and you have to be willing to fine tune your craft and always be developing it. You know, when people are in technology, they're in technology, they're constantly taking classes and keeping up with technology. Well, it's the same thing with your acting and exercising that muscle. So like I stated earlier, Denzel Washington is still in classes and this guy is a beast, okay? And so it's just a sign, like if he's still in classes, then you still in classes. So it doesn't really matter what level you're getting to, you're always gonna be in classes. So again, make sure, you know, get into a class and make sure this is something that you really wanna pursue and that you enjoy to your core. Um, and then after you take a couple of, after you take a couple of classes at that point in time, you know, you are, you know, ready to go out there and do stuff. I would really recommend going, go ahead and invest a little more change into a college and if you can't do a college or you don't have the time or finances for a college or your schedule just ain't set up like that um you can go ahead and go to a conservatory so i went to a conservatory and it was a two-year program at ncda uh which stands for national conservatory of dramatic arts right in georgetown washington dc it was an amazing uh two-year program i loved it so much um and definitely start your training in theater i personally feel like the best actors come from theater i have sat in on so many auditions and every time i fall in love with an actor behind the table boom theater is always on their resume um so i would just uh yeah get into school and then while you're in school i think a lot of people think like oh man the clock is ticking i don't have enough time for school that's going to take away from my journey of becoming this actress that I want to become or actor 
it really does not take away from your journey. It really adds to your journey. And during that time, not only are you learning, developing, and becoming a better actor, but you are making a community. You're, you're involving yourself in a community now. Now you have a family of people who are rooting for you, people who are on the same journey as you and can understand the things that you're talking about because you're not going to get that from your best friend. Even though you love them so much and they're there for you and you can cry on their shoulder and they're like, girl, you got this because I see you get that raise at Target. I know you got this. Um, it, it feels very different coming from someone who's actually walking that same um, journey with you you know that same like maybe not the same exact path but you know we we in the same neighborhood um so i think it's really important to create that community and you can develop that in school now for those folks who just they cannot do a conservatory right now the only thing they can do is maybe a class um and they really just don't have the time or finances for any of that stuff uh the library is free so you can go ahead and find that book, The Power of the Actor by Ivana Chabuck at the library. So you can get that excuse out your book. And then um, you can go ahead and start looking at the universities in your area that offer um, film programs. And in these film programs, all of these directors who are, or all of these training directors are looking for actors to be able to direct. So that's a great place to go. Again, you can get a lot of free classes when you work with people who are in school for this and you can know that um that your time is like you know you, you it's valuable and you want to make sure that you're using it right correctly so i i think that's a great way um to start as well because you're working with people who are just as invested as you are if not they're actually more invested financially because they poured so much money into it so you know it's not somebody who like wakes up one day and is like, I want to create a movie. And, you know, and then they don't follow through on it because there's just so much to do with the film. A lot of times people will be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then they get to the editing process or sound or coloring and they totally just fall off the map. So I would definitely do that. And then last piece of advice, okay? Like there's so many things, okay? This could be a whole thing, like hour long. Um, but I would also recommend, um, when you're working with these people and you're not being paid because that is going to happen when you first start off as an actor you're just happy to get work and you will not be getting paid more more likely you won't be getting paid um it's really imp important that you know your value your um your value and your net worth at network at the same time so sometimes your value you can be on set and be like well i feel like taraji p henson compared to everybody here like i feel like nobody's on my level you know what i'm saying but nobody in the world knows about your level so sometimes you have to understand like what your value is and what you know what your value is to hold on to that but to also understand like what your net worth is and so when you're in this film, if you're going to bring, if you have a huge following and you're gonna bring a lot of people, then you can kind of, then you have more to negotiate with. But if you don't have a huge following, um, and even if you do, but you haven't been doing acting for a long time, then I think the best thing to do would be like, well, you know what, I can't get paid, but what I can do is say that I want at least two clips of my choice that I would like to use for my reel. And a lot of times they'll tell you, well, 
Um, we can't, because what will happen is you will make a film sometimes and they'll be like, oh, it's not ready. It's editing. And like, at one point I waited for my footage for three years and it was like, dude, I am so, yeah, it was like two or three years. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so past this point. I don't even want this on my reel anymore. So it's like, sometimes they give you back to your stuff so late. It's like irrelevant. Um, so what you can say is you can say, you know, I want this six months to a year after shooting. I want to be able to select two scenes to be able to put on my reel because I'm not getting paid for any of this. So my payment is the footage and I need to know that this is going to happen. You make your own little contract up and at least you'll have something to hold somebody on. And it's not always going to work, but at least you'll have something. Um, and to just... Um, really be fueled by all of those no's and to know that this journey may not be the easiest, but it is very rewarding when you get that yes. And you are worth it. You are always worth it. Oh, man, you've dropped so many gems and given so much good advice. That was a, a lot. So I hope uh, that one person out there that might be considering this takes it all in for sure. And what I do like that you did say was that um, I've heard the quote, always a student. And that's, um, I think, important in anything you do in life, whether you're a doctor or, like, actress like you or learning finances even. Like, the term always a student is really important, so. Yeah, I think, I think we're always a student in life in general. So it's like everything's always evolving and, you know, you got to keep up. Yeah, it's always something you can learn for. Um, so the next question I have is to give a fun fact about you. <laughs> a fun fact um I'm dyslexic is that factor into affecting you with like studying your lines and stuff like that um no you know what it does and it's when I read out loud sometimes like I will become so um like without stuttering like out on think on information that I've never read before so I feel like you're already like, um, when you're reading out loud, you're already trying to like embody this character and everything. Now this was in school because you should never be at a table read and never had, have had looked at the script. That would be crazy and people have lost jobs like that. Um, so any, like when I read the character and everything in advance, there's like, I've broken down the script, there's a total flow, there's no problems. But if I were to sit at a table with you right now and look at a script that I've never seen before, Sometimes I get like so like so much anxiety, like when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not stuttering, I'm not stuttering, but stay in character, stay in character. And then I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I just start stuttering. Um, but so it, I guess, affects me a little bit in that way. And I think that's more of my own, I think that has nothing to really do with my dyslexia. That is just like my own anxieties and fears of someone thinking maybe I'm not worthy because I have a dyslexia. I think that anxiety builds up and it kind of messes me up. But I know that my dyslexia is actually comprehension. So I can read an entire chapter of a book out loud to a class and be perfectly fine. Now, a book is different because you don't have to get in character. But so I can read out like a book, like completely out loud, right? But then I may not be like comprehending everything that I'm reading. Or I will read and like miss one word. Um, so it's just really important anytime I do like teleprompter work or anything like that, that the majority of it is already done and I can read it prior to coming in and then I'm fine on the teleprompter. Um, and yeah, so I just, uh, I think, and actually like with the dyslexia, it was so, when I was younger, dyslexia is different now and they know so much about it. But when I was younger, that was when they were really, really, um, getting into the nitty gritty of 
dyslexia and how like how it works and that understanding that there's multiple like so many different dyslexias out there and so I was kind of ostracized in my school because I had to be in a different classroom and everybody knew that classroom was special ed and it really like created um this feeling of not being worthy uh and it wasn't until I was older and I, and I think just the name dyslexia like dislike like there's nothing good that comes from a dis so <laughs> so um it wasn't later on in life until I realized that like wow you know um they're identifying mine in school because they teach a particular way and so they have to kind of like restructure how they teach and so it becomes I guess like and it just has like this negative connotation with it. And so when I realized that like, wow, um, I remember when I first found out that, remember the Cosby show? Everybody knows the Cosby show. Of course. That's it. I'd be worried if somebody doesn't know that. <laughs> what, what was the brother's name again? Oh, Theo. Theo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I found out when I was really young that Theo had probably in like middle school. I found out that Theo had, um, or his character, not his character, but the actual actor had a dyslexia. Ah, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Yes. Okay. So, so Malcolm, uh, shout out to you, Malcolm. Um, I was in middle school watching him and he just came and was, you know, very outspoken about his dyslexia and, um, quite a few actors are dyslexic. And that's when I was like, wow. I can do something great, you know? That's why it's so important for us to talk about those uh, hiccups that we have and those challenges that we've overcome because you don't know who you're inspiring and who you're really, really helping. And um, I just remember over, like, feeling better about that and in that moment realizing, like, oh, I'm dyslexic in that way. But in another way, like, I'm all that. Like, I have the gift of communication. I have the gift of being able to be next to somebody and they don't have to say a word and I can read their energy. That's a gift, man. And it, it took me time to realize this. Oh, well, thank you for that. That's an interesting fact. Thank you so much for sharing that. And my last question is, did you speak or manifest your path or was this something that you unexpectedly walked into? No, I definitely spoke this into my life. <laughs> I think that I tried to run away from it. I think it was always calling me. Um, I mean, I have, I didn't really grow up with my father's family. I grew up with my mother's. And so when me and my dad reconnected, um, or as I was growing up, my mom always told me, oh, you know, your dad's side is, you know, really into film too. So this doesn't surprise me. Like when I was doing plays and I was a kid and stuff. And then I got the opportunity to, um, have a wonderful relationship with my father. And I found out that my uncle like worked with Wesley Snipes and my and was in the thriller video with Michael Jackson. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it, was, it was like really cool to see this other half of the family that was so involved in the arts like I was. Um, so that was that was really, really cool. Oh man, that's like a deep question probably. I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. So um, you mentioned that your relationship with him came a little later in life. Do you think if it was um, something that was a little earlier in life, like you'd be like way deeper into your career or like, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, um, I think we all like reflect sometimes on the past and like, like if I would have just made a left turn there, my life might've been so much different. Um, I 
do think that my life would have been different, but I think that um, there's a season for everything. I think everything happens in the right timing. And this was how it was supposed to be. And honestly, it wasn't until um, I had gone through a lot. I lost like two people in inside of two years. It, I, I was just going through a, um, a lot in my life. And when I finally broke out of this cast of depression and I went out to LA for a little while and I worked with Tasha Smith, who was amazing at her seesaw acting class. It was, it was everything. And um, I realized in that moment when she looked at me, I was on her, um, in her class and her stage and she was just like, wow, you have so much emotional depth. And I went home that night and I just released, I'm getting emotional now. I just like released all of these tears because I realized that every part of my life has been an experience. And if I didn't have those experiences, I would have nothing to draw draw from as an actress. And the reason why they say a lot of times is there's not really prodigy kids in acting is because an actor becomes a better actor the more life experience that they have. So I've had so much life experience packed into um, what is like a blip in time. You know, 32 years is a blip in time. At the time, it was 29 years. Um, seems like a blip, you know, but I just, I experienced so much, like probably like a 50 year old. So I feel like I can um, bring that to the forefront. And I feel like my dad and my family are there more so, um, this is their season to be in my life. I feel like, you know, not only are they there to heal some old wounds that I had as the little girl inside of me, um, so we can, you know, put that to rest and keep moving, but also to advise me in my path, you know, and I've already had some time to swim in it, but it's nice to bounce things off of people who have been in the industry and have had their experiences. So I think it was all in good timing. A good friend of mine, who was actually a director, um, told me, he was like, you know, you, this was before I really opened up and decided to have a relationship with my father. He said, you know, you'll never have a childhood with him. Like that's gone, but you can have an adulthood with him. And don't ever think that you're too grown to not need a father in your life. So that's kind of like what opened up the doors and I think it was all good timing, you know? Oh man. Well, I've enjoyed this interview. You've kept me laughing. You've dropped so many gems. Um, so thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. And um, I wish you so much continued success. Um, viewers out there, if you haven't already checked out uh, the latest film that you have on Netflix, thelove.com, check it out and catch Milan in there. And thank you so much again. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, you were always so kind. Guys, we go all the way back to high school, and you were always so kind in high school. Thank you so much. I appreciate all those um compliments oh and real quick uh all right if you guys like to follow me or uh check out some of my work you can go to milan m-e-l-a-n underscore perez on instagram uh you can also find me um on queely tv for four points um it's an amazing movie go check it out um and you can catch me on netflix on love.com uh and thank you so much for you guys' support i appreciate it so much and my YouTube, my YouTube channel. I'm starting a YouTube channel. I'm really excited. Awesome. Go ahead and put that out there. Like you're a joy to watch and um, 
yeah to listen to so i'm i look forward to the youtube channel um thank you again for being a guest thank you for tuning in to the spoken path podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review on your podcast platform also make sure you're following us on instagram at spoken path podcast tune into the next episode as we walk along the spoken path with our next guest peace and love Thank you.